Let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food. Who said this? It wasn't a crazed health food nut like you might have thought. It was Hippocrates. Yeah, the father of medicine and the guy responsible for the Hippocratic Oath. This quote ties into the question we aim to answer in today's episode. Does going on a juice cleanse bring about the health benefits that fitness magazines and health bloggers say it does? For example, a quick Google search for juicing cleanse will show you that juicing allows you to create specific prescriptions for different disease states, ranging from heart disease to cancer to osteoporosis. You might be thinking, wow, those are some big name health conditions. We agree, big shoes to fill indeed. And can we fill them with juice? Let's find out. This podcast is proudly supported by the University Students Council at Western University and the Canadian Federation of Medical Students. Please note that the content of this podcast in no way constitutes medical advice or instruction. Should you have health-related questions or concerns, please contact your physician. A juice cleanse is loosely defined as when people stop eating whole foods for a few days to weeks and only drink fruit and vegetable juices. Commonly circulated benefits are that juicing improves the body's overall functioning and prevents diseases by supplementing vitamins and minerals. Other commonly advertised benefits are that juicing allows for dramatic weight loss and that it detoxes the body by drawing out acids. So let's start off with the first claim. Juicing enthusiasts propose that the vitamins and minerals in fruit and vegetable juice have the ability to heal your body and to maintain good health. On first impression, it doesn't seem that crazy of a claim. We know that a lack of certain vitamins and minerals leads to certain disease states. Take scurvy for example. Back in the 18th century, sailors would go on long sea voyages for long periods of time. Back then, the majority of men who would go on these missions would die due to illness before returning home. And reports dating back to that time describe the sailors as having fungus flesh, putrid gums, and dreadful terrors. Was this due to the bad qualities of the sea air? No, it was due to vitamin C deficiency, leading to a condition called scurvy. Without vitamin C, the human body can't make collagen, an essential component of human tissues. People with scurvy experience fatigue, bleeding gums, joint pain, and heart problems. Fortunately, later, a man named James Lind, now described as the father of naval medicine, discovered that oranges and lemons could be used to treat scurvy. Vitamin C isn't the only vitamin deficiency that can lead to disease states. For example, being deficient in vitamin K can compromise your body's ability to form blood clots and being deficient in different kinds of vitamin B can lead to a form of anemia called pernicious anemia. Okay, so given that vitamins are important for keeping our bodies healthy, shouldn't juicing be a good thing? You know, since fruits and vegetables contain abundant amounts of vitamins and minerals, and drinking the juice allows you to get more than you would be able to get, well, not exactly, and we'll get to why shortly. Joining us today is nephrologist and researcher Dr. Faisal Rahman. A nephrologist is a kidney specialist, and as a nephrologist, part of Dr. Rahman's job is to monitor and correct electrolyte, nutrient, and acid-base disturbances in the human body. My name is Faisal Rahman. I'm a professor of medicine here at the Shuluk School of Medicine, and I specialize in nephrology, or kidney disease, and I also do quite a bit of internal medicine as well. So. You know, to me, it's similar to if you ingest a whole bunch of vitamins, will you replenish your vitamin stores more effectively? And the fact of the matter is, um, if you overeat any specific type of vitamins or consume heavy amounts of vitamins, 
whether it's in the form of fruit or not, you're just going to excrete it in your urine and it'll be out of your system. So um, many of us are not deficient in any sport sort of specific vitamin. The one vitamin we are deficient in in Canada is probably vitamin D. Probably most of us are deficient in vitamin D. So if you take more vitamin D rich foods or vitamin D supplements, that makes sense. But most of us are not deficient in vitamin B complexes and, and C and, and other important essential vitamins. So all that extra stuff we take, whether it's in the form of juicing or in the form of pills, is just going to be pissed out for your kidneys. So I think it's a waste of time again, not a, uh, in my opinion, a useful, healthy lifestyle modification that's going to change your life. So just like taking a daily vitamin supplement, if your body isn't deficient in it to begin with, the extra vitamins found in the fruit and vegetable juice just get peed out. Now that's the case with water soluble vitamins, which includes vitamin C and the different vitamin Bs. There's also fat soluble vitamins, vitamins A, D, E, and K. These ones don't get peed out and once absorbed from the diet, linger around in our body's liver and fatty tissues. Here's another good point. Dr. Raymond points to the fact that by only taking in the juices of fruits and vegetables that people miss out on another key component of a healthy diet, fiber. I would say that for your digestive health, it's probably just as important to have the fiber part of the fruit and vegetable than just the juice. When you're taking in a juice, it, you still haven't um, necessarily digested the carbohydrate moieties or whatever comes in with that vegetable or fruit. So I don't see that as being a valid point to improve your health. And the digestive process, going through the digestive process with fibrin, is actually better for your gut health than for your bacteria flora in your gut. And when you get rid of fiber, you run into issues with constipation and other health issues. Another reason why many people go on juice cleanses is to lose weight. And fair enough, if they follow the juice cleanse as instructed, most people will probably shed a few pounds at least. This is because juice cleanses will result in people eating fewer calories than they normally would. During juice cleanses, people end up consuming around 800 to 1200 calories a day. And unless you're a toddler between the ages of 2 to 3, that puts you at a caloric deficit. With a recommended caloric intake for men being around 2500 and for women 2000. Now, most juice cleanses only last a few days, anywhere from 3 days to 2 weeks. So let's say you drop 10 pounds during that time period. Will you gain it back? Now let's also take note that there is a disclaimer found in most juice cleanse related blog posts. Don't do this juice cleanse without consulting your doctor first. So what does Dr. Ramon have to say? Personally, I'm against any kind of extreme measure to obtain your goals, especially when it pertains to weight loss. Because unfortunately with most of those uh, mechanisms, the, the gains are short-term, and often people gain weight right back. So that's one issue, because it's, it's not sustainable to keep doing that behavior. The second thing about extreme measures is uh, they have unintended consequences and potential side effects and bad things, which I've seen. So just to get that out there, with respect to juicing per se, um, a few concerns. So when you take vegetables and fruits and you blend them down and you separate out the juice and you drink that as your primary source of nutrition, um, you're probably getting a lot of carbohydrates, you're getting some vitamins, you're getting very little fiber. Fiber is a very important part of the fruit and vegetable, which is important for bowel health. You're likely not getting enough protein, you're not getting enough fat, and um, with respect to, to healthy weight loss, that cannot be a good thing. 
know, you lose too much muscle mass, perhaps. Uh, we were talking earlier before the interview even about electrolyte abnormalities. You know, if you're taking in a ton of free water in the form of uh, these juices, you're not getting enough solute, you can become profoundly hyponatremic as well in extreme cases. And again, like I mentioned, you're prone to other nutritional deficiencies. I've seen patients come in with, uh, who've gone on similar diets and uh, similar to juicing with profound iron deficiency, anemia, the hemoglobin was 50 and a, and a young nurse that I, I, I saw, she came to me saying, I feel unwell and she looked unwell and I checked her blood work and she had life-threatening anemia because she'd gone on an extreme diet. What about the idea that your digestive system needs a break? After all, it's working several times a day to process and break down the food that you eat. Does taking in nothing but liquids for a few days or weeks give your stomach, intestines, pancreas, and liver the break that they need? And do they actually need a break in the first place? Again, garbage. I do think we overeat. I think uh, in, in general, especially in North America, we overeat. And there may be a role for something like uh, intermittent fasting. I think there is some medical evidence to actually suggest actually by a nephrologist in Toronto, that intermittent fasting may be actually be healthy for you as a human being. And the fact that we feel that we have to eat three times a day, that actually may be completely false and may be propagated by the food industry who's looking to make money from that. So I'm, I'm not a, much of a um, conspiracy theorist, but I, when I remember growing up as a kid, you have to have these greens, you have to have these eggs, you have to have this, that as part of your diet. I think that's garbage. I think that was created by the food industry, which is a profit-based industry. And I don't think you need to eat three times a day or five times a day or ten times a day. You need to eat the right amount of food in a day. But I think we overeat. And I suspect that there may be a role for something like intermittent fasting for overall health. And that has been shown to improve your lipid control, your glycemic control, Obviously, we don't have enough data to suggest it prevents heart attacks and strokes, but that at least we have some good evidence that it helps regulate insulin levels in your body and helps um, prevent the development of, of, of things like diabetes and such. Um, and it's good for maintaining your, uh, your weight as well. When you look at other supplements, you know, look at branched-chain amino acids. Okay, so that's amino acids, or you don't have to digest the protein. They've never been shown to really profoundly improve athletic ability when you look at sports competitions. There may be minimal benefits, but really not. Look at creatine supplements, look at um, uh, protein powder, which again, just comes with, you get the protein right in the form of a powder that you can ingest. None of that pre-digested, pre-processed stuff, I believe is as good as whole foods. And uh, at least there's no evidence for that. And even the athletes who believe in it, I, half the time I think it's psychological. They, they, they take their creatine or their B12 shots or their branched-chain amino acids. There's not really strong science supporting the use of these in, for athletic ability. So there's even less evidence to suggest that stuff like that helps with your overall health. So while it may make intuitive sense that nutrients that are more broken down are better absorbed and better utilized, like Dr. Rimon said, there's not any evidence backing this idea not for BCAA supplements, and not for juicing. Another frequently discussed benefit is the suggestion that by not eating solid food for a certain period of time, people can reset and detoxify their digestive system. Detox from what, you might ask? 
Well, there's this idea that over time, bacteria, heavy metals, and food waste get built up in your intestine, and that by rehydrating this gunky material, it can get flushed out. Some sources call this switching over into cleanse mode, a state where the body excretes toxins and heals itself. But even some juice cleanse websites acknowledge that there's no actual evidence suggesting that juicing can actually get rid of these quote-unquote harmful compounds. I don't know what else I can say about that. I mean, no, because, um, you know, we are exposed to toxins. You know, when you eat seafood, unfortunately, there's too much mercury in our fish because of the way do things there we are accumulating trace elements in our in our body because of pollution we got to remember as the human race we're living longer than ever we're doing something right with respect to um, water preparation and nutrients and food and such can we do better sure so i i do believe there are impurities in our body that may not be good for us but juicing does not get rid of those impurities and I think um, our best bet is to eat clean sources of food. So I do think there's a role for eating clean, um, but um, but juicing is not a replacement for a more holistic approach to nutrition. Next, we wanted to talk about the notion that having an alkaline environment in your body is necessarily better than a quote-unquote acidic state. Let's back up a bit. Our bodies are in a constant flux of acid and alkaline balance, and the net result is termed pH balance, with a pH of 0 being completely acidic, and a pH of 14 being completely alkaline, and a pH of 7 being neutral, right in between. Normally, our blood ranges between a pH of 7.35 to 7.45. That's leaning slightly more alkaline, whereas other parts of the body, like the stomach, have a pH of 3.5 or below, in order to break down the food. Some juicing proponents suggest that by eating less acidic foods and taking in alkaline juices, people can stay youthful, disease-free, and healthy. Some sources even claim that an alkaline juicing diet can help fight cancer. These ideas boil down to something called the acid-ash hypothesis, which really took off in 2013 when Victoria Beckham tweeted about an alkaline diet cookbook. The acid-ash hypothesis compares human metabolism to the element of fire, and the food we eat as being consumed and broken down by that fire, leaving an ash behind after all is said and done. The hypothesis suggests that the ash that's left behind can either be acidic or alkaline, and can then affect the overall pH of the body. And so, whereas the acidic kind of ash makes you vulnerable to disease, alkaline ash is considered protective. So while the acid-ash hypothesis is an interesting concept in theory, a large chunk of studies investigating it show no evidence connecting the amount of acid in the diet to disease states like osteoporosis. While there are some studies suggesting that there might be an effect, these studies were critiqued as having weaknesses and flaws in their designs, like being poorly controlled and overstating weak associations. Yeah, I, I don't buy into that at all. I mean... Um... First of all, I'm unaware of any studies that actually have demonstrated that you create a more alkaline environment by juicing. Certainly, if you take in a ton of citrate, and the citrate is present in many kind of fruits, citrate, which is an acid, actually gets metabolized into an alkali or to a base in your liver. And so, theoretically, if you take in a lot of citrate, you will form a lot of alkaline, alkali, and you can develop a metabolic alkalosis. You have to take a ton of that. 
The only time I've actually seen citrate do that is when we're giving it intravenously as a blood thinner. So technically, if you take enough citrate, you could develop a metabolic alkalosis, and which means you have a lot of alkali in your body. But th that actually causes harm. It can cause low calcium in your blood. It can cause arrhythmias if you take enough of that to cause that. I, I, first of all, I don't even know if juicing can acquire that kind of levels of citrate in your blood, but if it could, it would actually be harmful. Uh, so um, again, I think that's garbage. And I think, um, now, are there any benefits of juicing that I'm not aware of? Maybe. But I would say if you're going to do something like that, it should be in conjunction with other healthy diet and lifestyle change. So exercise, eating, if you eat, eat protein, eating good sources of protein, avoiding overeating any specific type of food, just the moderation. It's probably more helpful. And if you want to have some juices as part of that diet, I don't see any harm from that. There's a lot of sugar in fruits. So if you do a t drink a ton of juice, you will get a big carbohydrate load which will promote uh, obesity and insulin resistance, development of diabetes, high cholesterol. So eating too many fruits can cause that. So, so um, yeah, I think everything needs to be in moderation. And if you're gonna use juicing as part of your lifestyle, that's fine, but it should be in conjunction with other things and a, more of a balanced approach. Now that we've covered most of the bases in terms of the proclaimed benefits of juicing, let's talk about the potential drawbacks. We want to make it clear that what you'll hear next are some of the potential dangers and usually are only an issue if people have only been drinking juices and nothing else for at least a few weeks. That is, unless they already have a pre-existing condition, like anemia, which could make it easier for them to experience some of these side effects. We mentioned some of them throughout the episode already, like hyponatremia and muscle wasting. You may be thinking to yourself, this seems a bit extreme for a juicing cleanse. I mean, a little juice never hurt anybody. Right? I've not seen a case of juicing-induced hyponatremia, but it definitely can happen. I've seen it in people who are on water diets, like extreme water diets for sure. Usually in people with mental health disorders who get comfort from drinking water, and they all, but they also may have anorexia or something where they're not eating enough. So when you take in too much fluid, and you don't take any protein in with that fluid, you can't excrete it effectively through your kidneys. The only way we get rid of free water from our body is, a, is attaching it to urea. So you attach it to urea and you pee it out through your kidneys. If you're not generating enough urea in your body because you don't have enough protein intake, whether it be animal protein, plant protein, or some form of protein, then you will be more prone to accumulating and keeping that water in your bloodstream and diluting out the sodium and getting severe hyponatremia or low sodium concentration of blood. The consequences of that is your brain can swell, die from that and have seizures, okay? So 100%, if you're taking a bunch of juices as your primary source of nutrition without any protein and you lose your muscle mass and, and, and such, you will be very prone to developing hyponatremia, which can be deadly. The term hyponatremia means that there's a relative excess amount of water in your body compared to sodium. This means that you're either not able to excrete water through your kidneys, like how Dr. Raymond said happens when you're not generating urea, or you're taking in huge increases of water. It can be hard to conceptualize how something as simple as a water imbalance can be problematic. But hyponatremia, like Dr. Ramon said, can be deadly, with mild to moderate symptoms being headache, fatigue, dizziness, and muscle cramps, and severe symptoms being seizures and coma. And not everyone who is hyponatremic actually has symptoms. 
like you mentioned, the hyponatremia and just your general health, your strength, your uh, resilience, your uh, ability to mobilize, especially if you're doing this when you're older. And as we get older, unfortunately, we all slow down. And on top of that, if you throw on muscle wasting to an older patient, that in- immediately increases their morbidity and mortality and, and their risk of running into complications. So it's very important that, again, if you're going on some sort of different diet from the norm, that you find sources of protein. Because with the juicing diet, you're almost getting no sources of protein. It's basically all carbohydrates, right? And, and sugar, vitamins, really. But there's no real protein source from what I can understand. So you'd have to make sure you're getting some source of, of, of protein in order to prevent that muscle breakdown. So I think that's a real problem with extreme diets. Another potential consequence of going on repeat or long-term juice cleanses is kidney stones. If you've ever known anyone who has had a kidney stone, you know that it's not a pleasant experience. If you don't know what it's like, listen to this excerpt from a thread we found on Reddit. I'm a woman which means kidney stones aren't as painful as they are for men. The pain is worse than childbirth, ruptured ovarian cysts, and severe stomach viruses. Oh yes. People report being in so much pain that they can't move or straighten their backs. Some people even report throwing up from the pain. That's a lot of pain for something that's usually just a few millimeters in size. So what's the connection to juice cleanses? Well, 80% of patients with kidney stones form calcium stones, most of which are composed of something called calcium oxalate. Yeah, so there are certain fruits and vegetables that have very high levels of oxalate. The most common thing would be that if you're also genetically prone, you could form calcium oxalate kidney stones. And uh, those kidney stones can block up the kidneys sometimes and cause kidney failure. But they cause mainly what happens is you get severe pain and then you need to have that kidney stone removed because it's blocking one of the kidneys. Uh, I, I, I'm unaware, that doesn't mean there is because I've never looked this up, there probably are case reports of kidney failure. The only way you would have to do that is if you form kidney stones on both sides blocking up the kidneys or if you've got such high levels of calcium and oxalate in your urine that you start calcifying your kidneys over time and and then you can get chronic kidney disease from that. Um, So that theoretically could happen as well and perhaps you've found case reports where it does happen and and I can assume that that can happen especially if you're taking massive amounts of oxalate-rich juices and, and, and fruits and vegetables are being used to make the juice. The last thing we'll touch upon in this episode is celery juice. The celery juice phenomenon is a new one, but the man who spearheaded the movement has been extremely polarizing, to say the least. Born with the unique ability to converse with a high-level spirit who provides him with extraordinarily accurate health information that's often far ahead of its time. Who is this, you might ask? This blurb comes from the website of the Medical Medium. Medium, as in communicates with spirits to get insights into people's health. While he doesn't have any medical training, he's extremely popular and has 3.4 million followers on Facebook and almost 2 million followers on Instagram. Along with several other claims, the medical medium suggests that celery juice can be used to reverse the inflammation seen in diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, Lyme disease, irritable bowel syndrome, acne, gastroesophageal reflux disease, and over a dozen other conditions. On the Medical Medium website, it states that celery is perfect for reversing inflammation because it starves the pathogens, including unproductive bacteria and viruses such as Epstein-Barr. 
Despite his success and endorsement from celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow and Naomi Campbell, the medical medium has attracted criticism from several members of the medical and healthcare community, with many worrying about the growing trend of people getting medical advice from celebrities and influencers, who are often paid to promote certain products, instead of trained professionals. On top of that, a review of the research doesn't show any evidence that would support the medical medium's claims that celery juice is beneficial in inflammatory conditions, like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriasis. Here's the thing though, celery juice isn't unhealthy, per se. While it may drain your wallet, with a 7-day pack running north of $50, it's highly unlikely to cause you any harm if taken in moderation. You know what? I think I think yeah. My my first in, inclination is to say bullshit, and uh, show me where this guy is so I can talk to him, talk some sense into him. But saying that, listen, it's, this is reality. Patients are going to come to you every day saying, you know what? I want to go on this diet. I want to go on that diet, and this you know, I want to try this and that, and and I want to try this naturopathic product. Or, and I think it would be wrong for us to just dismiss it. Yeah, I think I don't think celery juice. I don't know that celery juice has any substantial benefit. Could it? Absolutely, could have a small benefit, but certainly nothing that would cure cancer or make you live twenty years longer. I just don't believe that. We don't have evidence for that. However, saying that, if a patient comes to me and says, "You know what? I want to use celery juice as my main source of of drinking water, my main source of um, of uh, fluid." You know, I'll work with them. I will work with them. I'll say, okay, that's fine, but please make sure you also eat other important elements in your diet. And uh, thanks for telling me, because I'll monitor your blood work and make sure that while you're on this, your blood work remains good. And actually work with them to help them get through that. I'm, I will tell them, you know, I'm not, I, I don't think this is a benefit. I'll say it straight out to them. But many of them are determined that they want to try it. And as long as it's not harmful, and as long as they'll do the other parts of their diet and manage the other medications and such, I don't spend a lot of time putting it down. Because then you'll lose that therapeutic bond with your patient. So I have patients come in. I had a patient, I was telling you just before the interview, who got cabbage enemas. He was a dialysis patient. He said, I feel great after cabbage enemas. So he gets cabbage juice and he has an enema. It wasn't causing any harm. His electrolytes were great. He felt better. His blood work looked fine. Why should I put him down? And he swore by it. He said, you know, made him regular, whatever. So I, so I support them. I work with them. And I work with the naturopaths, even managing the patients. And, and it's important to do that because there are some natural products that will interfere with the metabolism of things like blood thinners and such. So if the patient doesn't feel comfortable telling you because they feel you're going to come down on them, and then they're on medications that are going to interact and you don't know, then some harm could happen. And if you, but if the doctor knows that the patient's taking something different, then you can do more close monitoring, you can check their blood work more frequently, and, and hopefully help prevent any bad outcomes. So I think as healthcare professionals, we need to, even though we don't necessarily advocate a lot of these things, we shouldn't necessarily, at least at the patient level, put them down. Especially if they're, even though they may be of questionable benefit, there's no harm. So if you were my patient and you wanted to drink celery water, I'd be completely okay with it. Unless that's the only thing you were drinking and you were getting sick from it. And then, of course, I'd try to intervene. But if that's just part of your diet and you're otherwise doing well, why interfere? So I think that's one thing is that I have patients who do do juicing. But as long as they're also getting other sources of nutrition and they're doing well, I don't try and put that practice down.
So that's it for this episode. We want to thank Dr. Faisal Rahman for taking the time to be on our show. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd be very appreciative if you could take the time to rate and subscribe to Hashtag Health on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you want to hear other episodes like Hashtag Vaping with Respirologist Dr. Corey Yamashita or Hashtag Natural Cancer Cures with Radiation Oncologist Dr. David Palma, check out our page or visit HashtagHealthPodcast.com to learn more.